0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Lit Yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday q and I have Kristen Williams, my partner in arms here with me today, other physical therapist and lit senior teacher. How's it going, KB? It's going
1: great. Hi, everybody. <laughs>
0: So let's just launch right in. Um, I know we've talked about this before in other episodes, so please check it out, but I'll let KB talk a little bit about it. E gun gunno, please talk about your running and your please talk about running and your professional opinion on it as exercise. So you have mentioned this in other podcasts. Do you just want to lightly glaze over what you think about that?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I think running is a great form of exercise. I think it's quite dependent upon factors. You can you can run too much where your body starts to break down. There is a threshold that plenty of evidence that's out there for recreational runners that would be someone who runs say three to five times a week uh, three mile five miles or less at a jog they they are in better shape they're in better shape in their body meaning they're they've, they have better cartilage you know you have that good framework set for the body to rebuild against that force you're putting upon it. When you're looking at professional runners, people who run a lot or people who run with really poor technique or overdo it, it can break the body down. So, um I think it is very case to case dependent. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I will be riding driving down the road or riding my bike down the road and see somebody running and literally like cringe because I look at the, <laughs> I mean just they are not built to run but I'll see those same people doing Ironman. So I know that they're, they're doing it, but I can't imagine they're not doing it with pain or causing themselves trauma. So uh, it is a great method of exercise. You just really have to have the right equipment, have the right plan, the training plan, and um, just be smart about it.
0: I echo that completely. Okay. May yoga tear happy. <laughs> How do you organize your work slash schedule? Well, I'll start off. I mean, I my everyday's a little different. I work for myself, so I've only worked for myself for years. And so I have a schedule that's doesn't really change, my class schedule, the classes that I teach. So I teach 5 studio classes a week. And then I teach for the lit daily. I teach one live a week and then I'm filming other days. But So what I usually do is I organize my days around the permanent features. So the permanent features as of now are those studio classes and the one lit daily live class I do. Then we have work meetings that don't change. So then I layer that in. So I just add in my schedule the things that don't change week to week. And then I'll have pockets of time where I know, okay, I can do filming. I can walk my dog. I can. You know, clean my house. I can, so I just everything is kind of it goes from the inside out. Like the solid structure that doesn't change, and then I just add those layers in there. You know, for me and for KB, I know she feels the same way. Like we're lucky because we're moving with our work. So if on the days that I'm not filming something or teaching, and where I'm moving, I plan either a practice or I do something. I like to move every day. I personally I don't think I need a rest day. If I need like a day of just laying around, I'll do it and it usually I feel like a slug and I'm always like, okay, I know that doesn't work. So but I and then I have you know, we always have things we have to do. So I have a list of the things that you know are most urgent, have time deadlines and those type of things. and and you know I I get a lot of help. so I, I think that that helps me stay organized. I know people who are way more organized than I am. And for me, it works really well that I have some consistency and then some flexibility. It's not a nine to five job, and that's what I love about it is that you know there are days where I work twelve hours and there and there are time periods where I work twelve hours for like you know weeks on in, and then there's times where I don't like we just came off of a winter break. And quite frankly, I don't do too well without organization, without a schedule. I'm kind of like, I just don't, I feel really, really good when I'm busy. And busy, not in a like busy just to be busy way, but productive, like I'm purposeful. I personally don't do really well with a lot of downtime. And because what's interesting is even if I have a very full schedule, I still have, you know, I read, I still hang out with my kids, I still hang out with my husband. Those actually seem to have like stronger pulls when I actually am busy. You know, when I'm not busy, I could just like hang out by myself and not do much. And it just, I don't know, I just don't feel that's me personally. How about you, KB?
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think, Laura, we're also in a different stage of our life. You know, our kids are older, um, they're yeah. more independent. I, when I look back at my life, 10 years ago when the kids were younger and I wasn't a full-time job and making time to work out and everything was written on a calendar. Uh, and I had to have a list of like to do tomorrow to do, and my goals for later, my to do tomorrow, to do in a couple weeks to do, or, or I would lose not only focus, but also it's like you said, I like to be busy, but I like a structure too. And I agree with you. These last two weeks that we were off, I was like, My God, I mean, I, I felt antsy because we didn't have stuff to do. And that is where, when you're in a stage, when you have little kids and, or you're in a full time job and you get, I was getting up at four, 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 454. I'm still getting up at 430. Why am I, who am I kidding? But to get up, but I would work out beforehand because I had to go pick them up from daycare and get cooked, you know, and then, you know, you just, you, I think the schedule, we all need schedule. That's how we do it now. Like you said, you have your base schedule and then you schedule around that, but you're still being purposeful with your, with your social time, with your family and with your personal time, with your reading. But it schedules. I've said this before, you know, we, we do that with babies. When we first have babies, we put them on a schedule because it comforts them. We need to do the same thing for ourselves that are, we have this internal rhythm that needs to be maintained. And so That is how I do it. I try to maintain an internal rhythm of some sort. I may not have anything, but I'm still going to be getting up early because my body wakes me up. And maybe I'll lay in bed and relax. But for the most part, I'm like you. After uh, 30 minutes, I'm like, all right, what do I have to do? But that's because that's my body telling me. Uh, So it's definitely going to change where you are in your life. And you have to be flexible. You have to adjust. And um, But I say schedule. Schedule is a great way... To be flexible and yet set. And that's gonna help to manage life.
0: I always feel like, well, we talk about organization of the body, and it's it just absolutely transfers into every aspect of your life. When you're organized in your body, you organize your energy, you organize your life, and you're just gonna have more energy. You know, that's the thing. Like some people will write me about the teacher training and they say, Oh, I have a full-time job. And you know, I have kids, and I'm just really worried if I'm going to be able to do it. And I said it's a lot, but what's what is what you can't know until you do it is a lot of people actually feel more energized doing it because they're learning and they're you're, it, It's just so engaging and interesting. And so I I feel like uh, you have to know your you have to know your own kind of energetic level. But I will say, being organized will actually make you more energized for sure. So, yeah, that's a great question, and I do also say be gentle on yourself. I we're doing a lot more now than we were able to do ten years ago. When my kids were littler, I would work while they were in school, but then I would also try and do all the other stuff while they were in school, so I didn't have to run errands with them. I was there doing stuff for them, taking them to do things, and so I had a much shorter time period, and I wouldn't have gotten all the stuff. I'm, I wouldn't be able to do all the things I'm able to do now. I just wouldn't because they're they're independent now. They don't need me in the same way. They need me for like check-ins and so, you know, social stuff, but not for like taking care of stuff, putting them to bed, reading to them, all those things. Yeah. So it does change. I think that's very important to know. Here's another personal question. Jenny O. Hanlon, secret to secret to staying motivated and upbeat during this pandemic. <sighs> Oh my goodness. Well, I will just launch on then this for a moment. I mean, I think that everyone, I don't think anyone is not struggling a little bit with the pandemic because for, for so many reasons. And I'm certainly privileged enough to realize that my my struggles are not as bad as they could be. It doesn't matter though, like whatever we struggle with, we don't have to compare it to a struggle of another person. It's what we're experiencing. And so I think that's important to be like, okay even if you have a home, you're eating well, you don't have to worry about your job, you can still feel super bummed about this because your life is different. And I think in the the biggest way that it's different and affecting people is the connection to humans, which we as humans need even if you're introverted like it's fun being by yourself if you're introverted. A lot of people joke about like 2020 worked really well for them, but at some point even if you really like to be by yourself, we, we do need that human connection. And I know for me, like I didn't even realize it because I have so much connection through the computer with my, my team, like, like Kristen. And um, I get along so great with my husband and my kids. It's been really wonderful in a lot of ways. But I was grocery shopping the other day, which I rarely do because my husband mostly does it. And I ran into Linda Grinnis, one of our friends and teachers from the studio. And my, I felt my heart just get a thump. It was so wonderful to see her. And when I walked away, I was like, wow, I really miss people. It, I didn't realize it until I saw her. And then just it triggered that memory of like, I would we would see people all the time. From the studio, just walking around town. Um, I could go out and visit my best friend from childhood in California. I think in answer to your question, it's important to like, be okay with the fact that even if everything else, like we're really lucky, we can still feel, you know, we can still feel bummed and that can drag you down. So to stay motivated, what you have to do is just believe that this is going to end at some point, right? And that you just have to actually doing the things that really fuel you, like moving your body, eating well, calling friends, um, it could be one friend every other day. It could be one friend a week because sometimes we get exhausted about just like, do I have to just do another digital interaction? But it can help. So, I would just say, be gentle on yourself, but also don't go into malaise because that will suck you down a hole, and that is not a good place for anybody to be. So I'm speaking really for the people who lost a job, who are suffering from the um, covid personally, or you know, I, I can't speak to that. And so I imagine it's got to be super challenging and I feel for any of you, but for you as well, even if you feel in the depths of despair, hope is the only thing we can't really actually float on. You know, we have to be hopeful and it can be a habit. It can be a habit. Um, It's not a disillusion. It isn't to minimize the thing, the shit that's happening, but we have, I think you have to hold on to hope. Otherwise, what is the point of life, right? We have to believe that there is, um, wherever we are, we have to, we're going to move forward at some point. And in the meantime, we've got to keep doing the things that bring us some spark.
1: I couldn't say that any better. I agree with you, especially that last point. We got to keep doing the things that bring us spark. Make sure you schedule that into your life. Um, it might seem like you don't want to do it, but every time I zoom with my friends that I haven't seen in a while, I don't care how I'm feeling. It's like, like you said with Linda, it I immediately perk up and I feel better. So you know, schedule that time for yourself and then one thousand percent everything that you said, Laura,
0: yeah, it's um, I think we're all feeling it, but just try um try and and stay. You know, motivate, and it's it's funny because you can read about people who've really gotten in shape or really gotten out of shape. You know, they call it like the COVID nineteen, haha. And I think that it's really important. This isn't about weight, but it's about like what are you doing that could be sabotaging your your motivation or staying upbeat. Like if you're not doing things that are going to be uplifting, it's only going to add. So you're taking yourself in an environment. A global environment, and you have to kind of beat it a little bit. You know, you you've got to stay afloat, and so really take care of yourself. To me, self care is even more important than ever. So don't delay on that. All right, okay. So yoga with Elsa: headstand versus handstands—pro and con. Well, we do not teach headstands, so there's no pro to that. <laughs> But handstands, let's, let's uh, talk about pros and cons of handstands. You want to go first?
1: Yeah. Oh, I think there's so many pros of a handstand. Um, well, there's joy. I think that's the number one, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, just the joy of getting on your hands. We do it when we're kids. You see, every time I'm around little kids, I love to watch them. They just, they get on their hands because it's fun. But the other pro is, you know, it, it really starts that dialogue between your brain and the top part of your core, which is your shoulders. And it challenges the brain. And not only are you getting upside down, so you're getting that blood flow to the brain, but you're also that whole idea of motor planning. And it's different. It's new. It's, um, it's strengthening. There are cons to it. Not everybody's going to handstand. Not everybody is built to handstand. You need to have good shoulder range of motion. You need to have good wrist range of motion. And you need to have a strong, stable core to really hold a handstand. Um, so I, I I hate when people make this pinnacle of a handstand and then they beat themselves up if they can't get it. I do think it's a small percentage of people that, that can hold a handstand. It takes a ton of discipline, a ton of practice, and uh, it takes a certain body possibility. Um, now, you can do a forearm, but you can do other things that are still getting you upside down that aren't putting weight on your head people uh but that can replicate that which is, is great but um i think she's probably looking for why do one versus the other and that's the big um i mean you can look at your stuff on instagram i'm getting ready to write an article about it of why not to headstand but man you know get on your hands whether it's in a handstand whether it's in an arm balance like a forearm balance or a down dog or a um, because it's just, it is so good for your brain.
0: Yeah, I would say all of that, and you know, not. I don't want to brush across headstand, but if you've listened to any of us before, we we don't do it. We're physical therapists, and so the head is not a weight bearing area. It's just not, and and the main reason is you've got a, a large skull. I mean, a brain with the skull, and then you're putting on a very small little point that's called the atlas. And then you have seven cervical vertebra. And if you look at the size of a sort of cervical vertebra compared to the size of a lumbar vertebra, the vertebral body is substantially different. And, And it really, you know, so much about our body, the form tells us its function. And so the cervical spine is there. It's thin and it's made for a lot of mobility. You know, that's how we look around and engage in the world. It's protective. We can see what's around us. Um, the lumbar spine is made for weight-bearing. It is holding our body. It is transmitting energy from our legs into the pelvis and then up through the spine. The other thing that in the the other real con about the headstand is the, all the other stuff that's there. You've got nerve roots. Um, you've got disc, uh, vertebral arteries. Hello. I mean, they're coming in through these little foramens. And, you know, I personally, I just don't want to do anything that would be... Damaging to any of those very important parts to my brain. And the reason people do headstand is they're taught to do headstand. And I say this again and again, and it's easy. You know what I mean? Like, congratulations, you can do a headstand. That means you've got a big thing to balance on and your hands. And that's why people get really, you know, they make them, it's a very ego thing. Like, I think this is my opinion. And I've called people on it and they're like, oh my gosh. I feel like you're talking to me. And I'm like, everybody, this is for everybody. We like to do things we're successful at. Handstand is not going to do that for you. 10,000 tries. And like Kristen said, the discipline of practicing it over and over and over and holding the structure and using the core and and everything and getting used to a different perspective, literally. It takes incredible discipline. You are not going to get it in a hurry. Maybe you'll be in the, you know, less than 1% that just, pops right up. Doubt it. If you've never done it before, enjoy the journey. It'll take a while and why rush it? And the headstand is just minimizing that because it's making you feel successful, but it's putting you in a position I would not want to put anybody in. Compressing your cervical spine and all those lovely things that I mentioned, the disc, the nerves and and you know, the arteries. <laughs> so Work at it. We have lots of handstand work, and like Kristen said, you don't have to go vertical. Even getting on your hands for like a moment, getting a uh, to me handstand is being able to stand on your hands without your feet on the floor for a second, even you know just a little push off, because you're going to get stronger in your core and your shoulder girl and all that. Okay, one more question. Oh my gosh, we have so many. Sabrina Koenig. I feel like we answered a question like this before as well. And does does hip opening yoga really work for teeth grinding? Been told to do that. We did answer this question, I think a couple weeks ago. So check in with that because yes, it can. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. All right. So I'll go to another one. Um, this is a good one. Ange 78. I can't get my head to the wall in neutral with the triple S. How can I lengthen my neck? This is very common. So people who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the triple S is a really—it's just a great technique for giving you feedback for how to get a neutral spine and neutral pelvis. You try and get the back of your skull, the back of your scapula, and the back of your sacrum aligned because those are the primary kyphotic curves of the body. And it's hard for a lot of people—they're tilted in the. But it gives you feedback. So if you can't get your head on the wall, what would you recommend?
1: Well, I would definitely look at my thoracic spine to see if I gained mobility there you know, you got to, it's, there's many places that could be lacking mobility, which is why you can't get your head there. So first place I would go would be to look at the thoracic spine. That's where a lot of people are tight um, because it's your more stable spot of the spine. Your lumbar spine and your cervical spine are more mobile. So where we're going to be tighter tends to be that thoracic spine. So opening up there, and that can even be an active opening. That's drawing your shoulder blades together like a Superman chest. And see then if you draw your head back, can you get the head to meet the wall? And then looking at, like you said, your pelvis. You know, are you really dipped into an anterior pelvis? If you root your tailbone under, that's going to bring you back. So not just looking at the head, it is a triple S. It is that entire curve of the spine. And then just be, be patient, be kind. And that can take, like you said, it can be hard for a lot of people uh, but the beauty of the body is it will change with work. And so lying over bolsters, opening up the chest wall, uh, opening up the anterior hips, uh, strengthening the deep cervical flexor to draw that back, that active range of motion of that cervical retraction to get there. But I would, again, I would look below first and see if you can open up that bottom. Uh, thoracic spine and your pelvis and see if, aha, wow, I did that and now my head just moved back in space. It can move back an inch. I mean, easy when you adjust below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with
0: that. Um, the other thing I would add to that is that because these, so many people are, especially now, looking at a computer screen, looking at a phone, have the forward head, um, the The suboccipital muscles are pretty um, <laughs> They're they're wrung out and they're really shortened. And so that could be preventing you as well. So one thing I would say is if you can't get on the wall, get a block and put the block between the skull and the wall and then really lengthen. I always say like pull the skull away from the rest of the body. So that gives you that like little bit of more space in that suboccipital area. You can also do this lying down. I love this. And I've been doing it a lot because of all the tech that I've been doing where I lie on my back. Um, I bend the knees so I can keep the neutral pelvis and then put the block underneath the skull so that the skull is on the block, but the neck is not. And then just rock it back to that side, you know, like rotate it a little bit to free up the, the suboccipital muscles because they're already getting attraction just through gravity, but sometimes just doing a little rotation with it can help release it. And so those are the, yeah, I would do all that Extend you know, get the thoracic extension, neutral pelvis and then use some props to help out. It helps, we promise. It really does. It really does. Posture matters, people. Remember we have a great shirt, stand tall, posture fucking matters. Yay. I just bought mine too. Oh my god, it's it's coming tomorrow. That's so funny. We've been talking about it. Yeah, you guys can go to our uh, lit, lit, uh com and go to the shop and look at our great swag and that's one of them. Because that'll help you remember. Like th- th- when you see sayings, they help you. Like we're both wearing a Moroccora sweatshirt right now. It's so funny, and it's just um, y- y- we take in so much through our eyes, and that comes and reminds us. It reminds us; these are all reminders. Um, what you know what matters. So stand tall. It matters. Thank you, as always, my lovely Kristen. And thank you guys. You know, you can reach out to us on Instagram or you can reach out to us by support at lityoga.com. Send us your questions. We've got more to go through, but we always love hearing um, what you have to say. So please write us. And as always, we're pulling for you.